Hi, welcome to Extra Sauce on the Side. I'm Samantha Denman, and we have another episode for you that I'm so excited about. I'm here with my friends Kim and Heather, and we're going to hear a little bit about their story and their daughter, Maya, who is also here with us. So if you hear any weird noises, it's probably her or maybe me. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But because some people do listen to the audio, I would like you both to introduce yourselves, maybe talk about what you do for your life. If you want to, if not, we'll just move on to the meat of the subject. So <laughs> go ahead, Heather, you go first. Awesome. Well, my name is Heather. Um, I am 29 and I work with disabled veterans at a nonprofit. Yeah. I'm a veteran myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kim. I'm Heather's wife. I work in heating and cooling and that's about as exciting as I get for my job. <laughs> you see, we're very exciting people. So Kim and Heather love each other. <laughs> They are also married, so <laughs> yeah. I guess we should let's just kind get of that out of the way. That, yes, <laughs> that is our love child. Um, and I just we've been really honored to get to know you two over the past year or so, and yeah. they're very open with their story and like how conception works. And I think it's just fascinating how things are changing in that world. So, right. um, I want you guys to just go into a little bit of like. Obviously, you met, you fell in love. If you want to talk about that, you can. But the thing we're here to talk about is really like having children when you're in a same-sex marriage. So, um, yeah, go through that with me a little bit of the like, how did you guys decide that you wanted kids? And was it always something you knew you could do? Or was it something that you had to realize that you could do because the world tells you you can't, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So talk a little bit about that process. Well, um. I grew up, well, first off, it's kind of important. Oh, babe, don't be so sad. <laughs> um, so I come from a really big family. Yeah. Um, and every woman in my family has five kids, respectively. And so I always kind of grew up with the expectation that I was going to be a mom. Um, I always thought I was going to be kind of a young mom, too. So I expected by the time I was 30, I was going to have, like, five kids. Yeah. So I always had this, like, oh, I'm going to have, like, a whole baseball team, a whole basketball team under my belt. Um, And then I met Kim, (laughs) 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 who didn't have any younger siblings. Okay. Um, So I was around my younger siblings a lot, basically raised them. So I was constantly around kids my whole life. Um, I think it was a little bit tougher Kim because she doesn't have any younger siblings and she wasn't really around a ton of kids so when we first met I was pretty sold on like yep this is what I want I don't really need time I don't care about money like let's just get it done do it now and Kim is very different than than me in that regard (laughs) I have like a checklist of like we have to get a house we have to have this much in our bank account and you know just things like that where I'm like I need to feel secure and have control over the situation where she's like, oh, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's probably why you make a great team because yes, kids are we, complicated. Yeah. And we level each other out, you know, because I'm always the one that's like, there's never going to be a perfect time to have a kid. Um, you know, we're never going to feel like we're ready. And then she's like, yeah, but we have like a really unique opportunity where we get to time this thing. So, like, yeah. let's be responsible about it. And I'm like, who needs responsibility? Like, let's just do it. <laughs> So, yeah, we're really lucky to have each other in, in that way and definitely as parents, too, because that comes out a lot with me where I'm a little bit more like I'll wing it and just kind of like, oh, sh- she'll get this done when she gets it done. And Kim's very much of like, nope, we're going to do it this time, this way, and, and that's it. And But everything gets done. So that's the yeah. thing. 
That's really nice that you guys like have complimenting personalities. <laughs> right. Okay. So Kim, what were some of the things like you talked about having this much money in your bank account and all those things? Like, what are some of the things that like caused you to believe you were ready? Um, I think we first started like really talking about it like after we got married because it just made it easier if we were to have a kid because yeah. we we're married. I can actually legally be on like a birth certificate. Yeah. Um. So for me, it was, I mean, we were in an apartment, so I was like, I'm not raising a kid in an apartment. You know, it's just too small. There's other people around. Yeah. You know, things like that. And we bought a house not long after we got married, which was really cool. Um, And then we got a German Shepherd, and then we raised her to be a pretty good dog, you yeah. know. And then I was like, okay, you know, I think we're at our spot where we need to be. Yeah. We were both fully employed. We're, you know, we have vacation times. We have all good benefits and everything, you know, and that's just kind of how we started it. Okay. So you get to the point where you like have all your ducks in a row. You're as comfortable as you can be because no one's ever completely comfortable with having kids because it changes your life forever. Yep. Um, How does, like, how did you start those conversations of like, how do we even do this? Because obviously there's not a penis between the two of you. So no, thank you. Pass <laughs> on those in your, in your world. Um, so how, how did you figure out what method was good for you? Like, did you talk about it a lot? I imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one thing with us is we talk a ton. So there was a lot of talking that went into it. Um, like even it got to the point where, it consumed so much of our conversation because I would constantly be up all night on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I do this? How do I, you know, so I found a lot of community um, actually from Reddit. And then I would wake up and be like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Instead of spending $30,000, like, let's do it this way. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think we always knew that I was going to carry two. So that was easier. We didn't have to fight over that. Yeah, how did you decide who was going to have the baby? Was it just... I just never really wanted to, like, physically have it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to say, like, I never wanted kids. I never wanted to f- have it come out of my vagina. Yeah. And say, here you go. <laughs> yeah, pregnancy is not at all no, appealing to me. I, I hate hospitals to begin with. Yeah. Um. Even, like, when I was, like, I don't know, 16, 17, I remember saying to my dad, like, I'm never having kids. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I... I <laughs> just knew like I just never wanted to actually have them myself so it was an easy decision I mean she always wanted to have them I mean you always wanted to be pregnant and experience it at least once okay I think early on um our idea was we're gonna try to get me pregnant and if that doesn't work then we'll just adopt um we actually looked into adoption before we even um started trying because we just kind of wanted to get the lay of the land and see what it would look like. Um, but there were actually adoption agencies in our area that wouldn't adopt out to us because we're gay. Yeah. So then we kind of took a step back and we're like, after I, you know, sent like a scathing email and I emailed the ACLU and was like, is this legal? Um, <laughs> basically, after that, we realized that we weren't going to have any easy way to do it. So we just had to figure out what worked best for us. Um, and for us, we just didn't we didn't want to go into debt for it. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at that point, like, and I could talk about how adoption, 
prices and, and yeah, all of that. Do tell people, it's, like it's, tell people about the barriers because that's yeah. why we're here. Right. Because right. there are a lot of people who don't think you guys should have a kid in the world, which yeah. is really sad. And, and you're the best parents ever. And you have the <laughs> happiest, most rambunctious. I mean, she's, she was hungry. Clearly. Clearly. But, <laughs> girl can eat. I tell but, you. Like, but. you're the best parents for her. And thank you. Um, it means a lot. I want people to know how hard it is for you guys to have achieved this dream, you know? So talk about the barriers. Even even for people who aren't a same sex couple, like yeah. some people just can't have kids, you know? Right. Yeah. A lot of our friends too. Yeah. A lot of our even friends. Even me. Like I'm with, struggling yeah. with pregnancy and you guys have been so helpful. Like just encouraging me, like, because the process was long for you guys, too. So Right, right. Talk a little bit about adoption. And obviously, there's a lot of discrimination, especially in West Michigan, because all yes. of the organizations are run by churches. So uh, Yes, which I don't think should be how it's done. Yeah. Um, just because you need to find a way to separate the bias in some fashion. Yeah. And churches aren't regulated in that way yeah um so they can basically say hey we don't want to adopt out to you because of our own belief system which hey that's you know that's fine if you're buddhist and don't want to adopt out to you know a gay person too because that's part of your culture or whatever religion like okay that's fine but you also have to have an avenue for people that aren't religious yeah you know in our case we never really identified with any religion um I think we're at the point now where we're atheists, so we didn't even really want to have a conversation with people yeah. in a church because it just didn't, you know, go with what we were thinking was how we wanted to raise our child. So, Well, and to hold someone else to the same moral code, I wouldn't even call it that because it's not a sense of morality as right. you just because... To them, you, maybe. Yeah, you know? just because you run an organization doesn't mean you have to make everybody that you serve be the same as you exactly and that's the thing is like it it's not really an open-minded idea of is the person sitting across from me well-intentioned yeah able to provide and healthy yeah realistically right like I would feel like those would be the three things that you would really want to look for and it's just not yeah um I can't imagine how difficult it would be for two men to try to adopt in West Michigan. You know, it's not lost on us that we have some certain privileges as women that gay men don't have. Um, But even for us, you know, to have an issue like that, it kind of smacked you in the face because it was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a problem, you know? Yeah. And that's just another thing on top of that. So when you talk about adoption, I mean, you can be talking of upwards of $20,000. Yeah. And the easiest route, so to speak, would be to foster first. Yeah. Well, I don't have the heart to foster because I don't think I could handle having a child taken from me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you just grow this bond. And in some cases, it's like a really strong trauma bond, you know. Yeah. And if you become that stable person in that child's life, the last thing you want to do is to see them go, you know, potentially to a harmful situation. And that's not really what we wanted. You know, we wanted a child that we know that we could raise. That was yours. Right. Yeah. We didn't have to have a fear of someone coming to take the child. So we said, okay, that's off the table then. Yeah. So then we looked back into adoption, um, found an adoption agency. I think that's outside of like Detroit or something like that. God, she's really going for these crackers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we found that adoption agency and and that... That was awesome because they would adopt out to us. 
um, thing about it with that one, though, um, was I found it extremely ethically and morally insulting because you could adopt a white child for 28,000 or you could adopt a black child for 12,000 or whatever the number might be. But it was a huge difference. Huge difference. And so she and I are sitting there like, okay, (laughs) we, we want to help this child. We want a child of our own, but can we ethically give money to an organization that's doing something like this, which is so hard because then, you know, it's not the child's fault. It it just, it made it very confusing to be honest. You know, it was a really hard ethical decision because I think she and I both felt guilty if we didn't adopt, you know, at that point. But I really had it stuck in, in kind of my heart of hearts (laughs) that I really wanted to know what it was like to be pregnant. Like I just really wanted to. So I think it came down to us sitting and probably smoking on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then being like, what do we actually really want? And, and the answer always came back to, well, I really want to carry. Yeah. So then we just kind of full send (laughs) into that. Yeah. Um, so I well, let's asked, talk about the next step, which would you would think would be IVF, right? So you mm-hmm. would you probably looked into that next, I imagine, right? Yeah. Um, we were like, okay, cool. How does this work? How do people do this? Yeah. So I found a subreddit for gay people that were trying to have children and started to read some of the conversations. And then I started to kind of get active in the sub. And I'm asking, you know, how much about how much did you guys pay for all of this? And um, people were saying that they were taking out second mortgages on their home to be able to afford a a try it's not even guaranteed yeah right so then we were saying okay well we have good insurance our health insurance will probably cover this yeah well they don't um (laughs) and and maybe if they do um if you have extremely good health care maybe they do after you have so many miscarriages or so many months of actively trying without you know without success so when we started to look into it, it, there was no way, you know, we had just saved up enough money to finally say, okay, we can afford the essentials and have some wiggle room. Yeah. But that didn't include a $30,000 check on top of that. Yeah. (laughs) So then we got stuck there, you know, and then I started to get creative. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I am the type of person that like, if I have it in my head, I'm going to find a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I started to ask like, Hey, has anybody taken the concept of, um, IUI, which is, um, intrauterine. So basically they have a, a, a specimen, you go into, um, a lab and then they inject it to you. Yeah. So I said, okay. And even that procedure, it's a lot less expensive than IVF, but it's still substantial cost involved with that. So when we were talking through, it was like, well, maybe we could just try IUI on our own. Yeah. Like, there's some people that can do that. So then I started looking into, like, okay, what kind of sterile equipment can I get? Because obviously we want to be safe, you know, because it is a medical procedure, yeah. all things considered. You don't want to put something into your uterus and then get an infection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine me going to ER? Hi. Guess what I did today? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so we're sitting there like okay let's figure this out so I have like my best friend was in like dental work so she's sort of in the medical field so I'm like hey is this sterile enough and she's like absolutely not this is where you have to go for these kind of supplies oh. um but you know there's there's websites where you can actually get 
syringe like syringes that are made for that and and obviously that's something that i would say is worth the investment it's cheap but it's worth it um so then we started to just kind of figure out like well if they can do this in a clinic then can't we just do this at home yeah so then we said okay let's just let's just try it (laughs) (laughs) again me i'm like oh let's just do it she's like well okay how much is it so we looked um what was it like I don't remember what website it was. It was some cryobank like website. Cryobank USA or something. Yeah. Something weird. Something I don't like know. That. Or like Fairfax. Maybe it was Fairfax, I think it's Fairfax Cryo. Yeah. Maybe then. Um, but they have a list of donors. And you can kind of filter through and shop for a donor. It's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. Again, it's the same thing with the adoption where a white man is more expensive. You know, and then every race has a different price which is nuts like, so it's eugenics still yes yeah. you wow. pay for education you pay for healthy backgrounds you pay for height you pay for athleticism all of it it's see when i thought about that whole process i did not think about the fact that they would change the price based on who it is yes mm-hmm. they do gosh another so you're just discouraged at every step of this process right yes and we're just trying to navigate this by not being asshole people <laughs> She like, keeps asking for more. Oh, yeah. She's like, hey, I'm still hungry. Give me these. Give me those crackers. All right. We're back. Um, So you guys came up against obstacles every step of the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't believe that, like, to this day, no one has done anything about that. Because why would you, first of all, all of the people should be healthy. Right. right? Like, exactly. All of the people of should yeah. have good medical history. Like, you shouldn't get a bad sperm when you're buying sperm from a sperm donor right i got 50 percent off because they have a history of <laughs> heart disease meth one time <laughs> right like jesus guys like couldn't you just lie you yeah know? so i wonder too like do they get paid more yeah when I they wonder. go and donate i have no idea somebody let us know yeah if you know please let us know <laughs> probably not yeah you're right probably probably not yeah. but um so yeah we we tried to kind of figure out what we wanted to do there and that was the first step was what race are we going to go with? Oh, yeah. Because Heather is Mexican and a bunch of, like, white backgrounds, so, like, English. Yeah. And then, like, me, I'm freaking German and Irish. And very pale. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> In the most loving way possible. <laughs> right. Which ended up being the expensive ones, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I Even when I was younger, like... This might sound weird, but I always thought that I would have a black child. Yeah. I don't know why. That's just what I thought. I had a, a project in, like, my senior year of high school. You had to pick, take care of one of those fake babies. And you picked one of the black ones? Uh, yeah. I named yeah. him Antoine Lucius. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not naming Maya Antoine Lucius, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. She's just so cute. <laughs> White people all look the same, so I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Okay. So you decided that you wanted a partially black child, right? right? Yep. Was that one of the criteria for how you picked your eventual donor? Um. Yeah. We we kind of like filtered down. So I filtered the selection down. Um. It actually (laughs) came down to there was this one picture, and I'll never forget it. I still have it saved on my phone. It's like. This person that's just randomly out there that I'll probably never meet in my life, but <laughs> I have their like, childhood picture. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's his. It's him as a kid, and he is the cutest kid. 
So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so I instantly click on the picture and I read the bio and in the bio, it asks questions like, what's your favorite movie? You know, what are you interested in? And one of the questions was, what's your favorite car? And it ended up being a 67 uh, Mustang, the Shelby. And that's my favorite car. (laughs) Like the GT500 is, is, so I looked at her and I was like, okay, I think I found it. <laughs> so I'm like, here. And again, me just being like, oh, let's do this. And so she's reading through everything and she's like, yeah. The, the one that catch, caught my eye was that it was like celebrity lookalike. And it was like Chris Paul. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can work with a Chris Paul, you know. He likes reading. I don't care. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like, yes, someone to read with me. Um, so, yeah, I just we kind of fell in love with this little picture of this little boy and, you know, thought that maybe we could try to get in on some of that cuteness. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up um, doing, pl- placing an order in. See, all of this sounds so weird yeah. when you talk about it so out commercial. of context. Yeah, because it's so biological. Like, right. And to talk about it like you're ordering something on Amazon it's, seems so yes, odd. And it feels like, ugh, well, you do it too. And maybe that's not everyone's experience for us. We were very like, just kind of weirded out by how it was commercialized in that way. Um, but so we ended up getting um, two vials, I believe. So they break it down. Man, they make so much money off oh, of this. Gosh. So they break it down into how many vials you want. And it can be washed sperm or it can be unwashed sperm. And there's a price difference. What is washed sperm versus unwashed sperm? I'm... i'm assuming that unwashed i believe if i remember correctly is it's not um there's nothing that's taken out of it nothing separated it's just exactly like ejaculate right but then i think washed they actually like take the unnecessary fluids out of it so it's basically concentrated okay so you pay extra for that um and then you can buy however many vials you want and that depends on how many times you plan on trying that month okay um which as you know it could be multiple times a day just depending on when you ovulate and what your temperatures are if you're doing that and um yeah you can go into a whole charting business too but (laughs) (laughs) um so we ended up ordering two vials of it because we didn't have that much money right yeah yeah and it's like a thousand (laughs) dollars a vial too um great right and that's again on on the cheaper end just wait (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 it racks up from there. Oh yeah. So so then I get this notification that says, "What did it say? Like, hey, this this donor stopped donating, so we only have X amount left. So if you'd like to try it with this donor, you should probably buy some of this up." Which I think is super super messed up. Yeah. To talk to people that have an idea. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're back we're back we got this email that he wasn't gonna donate anymore so then i like frantically text her and i'm like hey how much money can we dump into this so then we had to look into freezing things because oh, yeah. god how much was it to freeze them it was like 200 dollars a month or something i think it like it, a car payment. for whatever reason we didn't buy it like the vials at that time we like paid to like reserve and store them and then it was like $1,000 when they actually shipped and we got them kind of thing. I, something like that. Okay. But there was some reason why we didn't do it right away because Probably we had money. to store it. Yeah. I, that might have been what it was because right. it, like we had to pay a storage fee, but it was cheaper than 
buying it, which is kind of crazy to think about because I think we waited like three or four months. So you paid two hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month for three or four months because they were storing it. Yes, yeah. because wow. otherwise they won't reserve it. Okay. So, so then we finally got around to okay, now it's it's go time. Like I had been tracking everything for I think three months, like yeah. ever since we bought it. So I knew exactly what. I, well, I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to go. Um, so then we ordered it, and it showed up at our door. And this is Kim's favorite story. So I'll let her <laughs> take it from here. So it came in, like, this yellow, like, hazmat, like, chamber. Like, like it's an sounds, actual chamber. Yeah. Like, like it, it wasn't like a box. It, it was, like, yeah. It <laughs> like had, like, hinges on the shit. corners. <laughs> like, this thing was insane it was almost like a a suitcase you would get for like sound equipment but like it had like i like what was it frozen ice or dry ice dry ice it had dry no it was hydrogen to keep it cold because there was like a specific way we had to dispose of it yeah so like it had a like hole on the top of this chamber and you had to like open it up like a buckle and then it was like you slid out this thing, kind of like the embryos from like Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Park. <laughs> like, and then these two straws were in it. And it was like a little like hook on the bottom. And you just kind of brought it up this little hole. And those straws are tiny, right? They're tiny. Like, um, you know, those little honey sticks you can get from like a, uh, like yeah. a natural market. Yeah. That always just... get stuck inside. Yeah. 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 It, it's like that it's tiny. literally that small. Okay. That much. Mind you, you paid a thousand dollars. You for this, it? like, little pixie stick, okay? So, like, you had directions. Men out there giving that shit away for free. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, we'll even get into that. We had a very serious conversation about that. <laughs> She's like, do I just go to the club or... <laughs> when it's a struggle bus, it's a struggle bus. Okay. Anyway, so sorry, Kim. Our, our giant Jurassic Park package got to us. We got to play scientists yeah so like i had instructions of like how to thaw it how not to thaw it like apparently people put it in the microwave don't do that it kills yes so (laughs) (laughs) this is your brain on weed so you like thaw it out like on the countertop for x amount of minutes i think it was like 20 minutes or something and then you have to take a syringe and pull it in like through an opening on the actual um straw is what they call it so I've never worked a syringe in my fucking life. I work in heating and cooling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in a medical field, okay? Yeah. So instead of playing with it before, I was like, I got this, you know? Yeah. I took the syringe and I pulled it through. And I it didn't dawn on me that the bottom would fall out if you pulled too much. So the plunger fell out from the bottom. So this is why I'm like actively pulling this like thousand dollar sperm. Yes! <laughs> so it comes out and I'm like, shit. And then I'm looking and here comes the sperm and it's on my hand. And I'm like, equally parts gross the fuck out because hello, lesbian. <laughs> and and like, oh my God, that could be my kid on my hand. <laughs> Heather's like in the what other room. What do you wipe room. that on? <laughs> you get a paper towel? Well, okay. Let me guys. tell you. Okay. We'll talk so, later about what you do with excess we'll, sperm. We'll okay. sideline that conversation. So 
I, tell me you're a lesbian, but that's how you're a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, tell me you haven't had to deal with after sex cleanup without telling me you haven't had to deal with after sex cleanup. So that was me. So I like got the vial and like kind of shoveled it in <laughs> off my hand back in. And I put the plunger in, and I'm like, it's literally killing every single piece that fell down this tube as I'm pushing the plunger in. So, like, <laughs> I'm freaking out in the other room, and Heather's, like, waiting in, like, our room or whatever. So, I was going like, to say, mind you, the entire 20 minutes that she's in there, like, freaking out because we don't know how to do this, and she's trying to read the instructions, I'm sitting in there, like, naked in the like, room, in the like, here we go. <laughs> So like, I go in. is sexy, no matter who you are, you know. Just staring at the ceiling fan, like Jesus. Like, what's taking her so long? So I go in, like stone faced, because all of this just happened. Little did she know. So I was like, okay, here you go, and I left the room because <laughs> I was just mortified by yeah. everything that happened. So that I'm sitting there with this vial in my hand. Like, first of all, why is it wet? <laughs> Second of all, like, where did she go? You thought she was going to do it for you? Yeah. I was literally, like, close to blowtorching the top of the countertop because I was like, this is gross. This is gross. This is gross. And I'm, like, trying to clean everything. And she could hear, like, little squeegees, like, from <laughs> our cleaning supply. Yeah. I'm like, are you cleaning? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she had no idea. She, yeah. I didn't tell her this story for, yeah. I think, until she actually came out of her yeah well, yeah because, because i was just mortified by and it and i was like stress because you yeah. spent all this money on yep, you don't want right. to put stress on her because she's trying to make a baby yeah right yeah <laughs> so it was funny after she finally got pregnant because i was like i was blaming myself because that actually didn't work for us like that that try didn't work yeah um we did the one straw that day and then we did another one the next day yeah and they didn't take so then we're like how do we continue to do this if we have to pay this much money to buy that does it you does it usually work for people or does it usually take months Mom, because months. i know even when you have sperm on hand it can take months right so i i'm just wondering like how effective is it really with all of that processing that they have to do to it i feel like you have yeah. good you have to have a good like baby maker like legit like yeah. i think for you to have a first time you just have to be that fertile person okay i mean watching month after month like of her tracking like you would think that it wasn't this hard because look at everybody that has had kids our our siblings our parents yeah their parents their siblings like everybody has kids so why is it so hard yeah no I feel the same way like even in our marriage like right like okay well if everyone can do it on accident why are we trying so hard and it's still not happening like that's so frustrating to like Especially because you made sure you were ready. Like, yeah. we did the same thing. We were married for six and a half years before we even started trying. And right. I went off birth control. Like, you made sure you had the house. You made sure you had the the money. You made sure that you had jobs. Like, as much as you could, you took that part of it and made a good environment for a child. And right. then it always seems like in those situations, those are the times it's really hard to get pregnant. Yeah. It's so hard because they don't. They don't prepare you for that. Yeah. You know, we talk about this pretty often, actually, because we want to figure out how we want to raise Maya and how we want to have these conversations with her as she gets older and grows up. But for us, it was like, hey, nobody told us that getting pregnant is actually not that easy, yeah. you know, because in school they want to teach abstinence only. 
So it's, you know, what, what does it mean? Girls like you have sex, you get chlamydia and then you die. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and when that's like your whole, yeah. you know, idea of, okay, I'm going to get pregnant if I have sex. So I just, you know, won't have sex. And so for us, it was like, okay, so this should be pretty easy, right? Like yeah. you just, you just introduce this to this and then boom, nine months later, a baby pops out. And I went into it with the expectation that I was going to be extremely fertile because all the women in my family have kids. Like we're Mexican, so we just continue to well, have and children. You got hips and you're curvy. Like right. I felt the same way. I was like, why yeah. did I have this body my whole life if exactly. I'm not a baby making machine? Right. And everyone told me all <laughs> yeah. my family birth and hips. Yeah, that's what you hear growing up. Yeah, even from a young age, which is gross. We- yeah, like <laughs> why? Why are we? No, please don't do that. Um, but yeah, you know, hearing that your entire life and then being like, okay, well, why isn't this working? You yeah. know? So not only do you deal with the emotional side of things of, of it not taking and the frustration and the guilt that, you know, maybe she felt for losing out on some of the sperm or the guilt that I felt every time I, I don't know, bent different, you know, yeah. because when you're trying, you're scared that anything and everything is going to affect your chances. And you feel everything that moves in your body, right. every gas bubble, everything. Ev- <laughs> yeah. You know, I have never Googled things so much in my life, but do not recommend Googling things. <laughs> just makes it worse. Um, yeah. So it was, it was just this immense like cycle, Yeah, you know, of, of every month being excited to try again and then every month getting let down again and we hit a point where we're like well we can't afford to to spend a thousand dollars a month just to try I mean that's our that's our mortgage yeah you know and we're like we're gonna go broke just trying to have a kid and then what position support exactly what position does that put us in you know so then we were I don't even think we knew what to do honestly I think we had stalled we basically were just like well we can try to save up you know, we, she was working overtime. I was working a commission job. So we're both like busting our ass to try to bring any little bit of extra money we could just to try to buy more. And then I got extremely lucky and, um, a good friend of mine was asking, you know, how it was going. Cause we had mentioned to him that, you know, we were trying. And so he was genuinely curious or genuinely curious and I was telling him, I was like, you know what? We've tried for months and it's not working. I'm getting really nervous that there's something wrong with me, you know? And he's like, wow, well, my sister struggled with infertility for yeah. like six years, you know? So he was like, I definitely understand how difficult that is and and watching that from the other side. And so we kind of sat there in silence for a second. And he was like, can I just throw something out there? And like, you don't have to say anything. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. Cool with you. And he was like, well. I would love to help you guys if that's something that you would be comfortable with or interested in. And he's like, you don't have to decide now. And I won't be offended if you say no. But if that's something that you'd be interested in, just let me know. And then he left the room like he was he was really great about it because I think I sat there stunned for a minute. And then I was like, well, that's you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, and then I sat and kind of thought about it. And then I texted her because she she knew him and, you know, we had all hung out before. And I said, like, hey, what do you what do you think about this? You know? What I don't even know what went through your mind when I asked you that the first time. Yeah, tell us. Well, it and this might sound super weird, but like she's had offers before of people like, "Hey, if you ever want to um, have a kid, like let me know." In a in a nasty like, yeah, I'll fuck you. Yeah, I'll fuck you to have a baby. 
Mm. Right. And I'm like, I can't. We're not even friends anymore now. You're like, like I can't do this. <laughs> right? Like, you understand. Like, that's not at all what I'm asking for here. Right. Yeah. So. so it was always a running joke. So I think that she and I, after a while, just got really, like, annoyed by that because yeah, you think it's funny and it's, you know, something to joke about, but you have no idea what the person on the other end of that is. Well, and you know? being lesbians, you do have privileges, but there are also downsides to being two women who love each We're other. highly sexualized. People, yeah, people <laughs> do not think that you're actually gay. No, we just haven't had the right dick yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just haven't had a real man yet. So that's, so. that's discrimination because they didn't realize Ew. that your relationship is very serious. And right. They need to respect that. Right. Right. Yeah. So... Right. At first, I was just like, I don't know, like, is he actually serious? Yeah. And, you know, he just, as she was ex- describing him, I don't, I've never, like, I met him a couple times, but she had more of a big relationship with him than yeah. I did. So I was asking the right questions, you know, like, what does kind he of have any, is this? Right, right. Like, does he have health issues? Does he have family? You know, things like that. Like, the characteristics didn't really matter to me at that point because, like, we had gone through that whole selection process and then it didn't work. So then we had to go back to the drawing board anyway. Yeah. You know, so when she was describing him, like, yeah, okay, you know, he's into his 40s, has a family, like, got a substantial amount of biological children. So we knew he could make good for it. Right, Right. Right. So I was just, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Let's do this, you know, as long as we can get everything covered from our point of view and his and to protect him from us and us protected from him. Yeah. Because that's also a huge thing for me. I am not biologically connected to her in any way. Yeah. So what I have is um, an NDA that we had and then um, the birth certificate. My yeah. name is on her birth certificate. Like, it's actually on there. Which a lot of people don't think you can do. Yeah. Talk but... a little bit about how you found out that you could protect yourself legally. Because I yeah. think people are worried. Okay, people who don't know anything about same-sex relationships are worried that you're going to leave your wife or and this take... man that you had a child with. Oh, yeah. And yeah. take her child away from her. And... Yeah. yeah. And Which would never happen no. in your circumstance. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> like, how do you protect both you and the donor's family? So... That came from a lot of research as well. Um, I started to dive really deep into Michigan's um, parental laws, guardianship laws. Um, I was concerned that like maybe we would have to go through the adoption process and she would actually have to adopt her to keep her legally bound as a guardian, you know, and and part of that, too, was I wanted her to feel secure knowing Mm -hmm. that I'm actively trying to make sure that she is legally bound to Maya you know because if something were to happen to me like I want her to have Maya obviously that's her mom you know and there's been so much like back and forth about the legality of same-sex marriage too that like I'm sure you guys are worried about that all the time like what does that look like right you have to protect yourselves in case some assholes ruin it for you literally you know I mean look at what they're doing to Roe v. Wade you know so if the same thing happened in Michigan for recognizing legal or same-sex marriage you know I gotta make sure that she's protected and at least grandfathered in any way that we can right so after a bunch of googling I said okay I think we're gonna need to have a contract and um and obviously I wasn't get her on the birth certificate but 
I actually found a um, an attorney in the area. He's like in West Michigan somewhere, and um, he specialized in parental agreements, essentially. So okay. whether that's like co-parenting or what, ha- or same-sex marriages, what have you. Um, so I, I'm really hoping this guy never listens to it, but I, I made this appointment. I'm like, yeah, we're going to come down. We're going to talk about it. Um, and I was like, but real quick, you know, before I make this, this full appointment, just out of curiosity, like if this is what we're looking at doing and using a known donor, what would you recommend? Like, what should I expect to have to bring to this appointment so we can set this up? And he was like, oh yeah, like I would have this in writing. I would have this in writing. So basically he was lining up for us, like make sure that your wife is on the birth certificate. Make sure that the agreement specifically states that there is to be no communication or there is to be communication. Like you have to figure all of these things out, which is a very difficult choice in itself Yeah, because you have to decide if you want to allow the donor to be in the child's life because that can get hairy. Yeah. Our biggest concern, even though he's a wonderful guy, is what if he takes one look at her and falls in love and says, that's my kid. Yeah. And we're saying, well, no, it's not. That's not your kid. Yeah. But what would stop him, you know, from saying like, no, let's get a DNA test. We're like, well, now we're fucked. Right. And not in the good way. You're like, we know what the results are going to be, asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Um, <laughs> spring her away. <laughs> right. So this attorney is like, you need to figure out, you know, exactly what you want the agreement to be. And it needs to be in writing. And all parties need to sign it. You need to have a notary. So I'm, I'm like writing all of this down. I, I was like on break from work, like pacing in the back of my store, just like, okay, what else do I need? Um, so he's telling me like, you also need to figure out, you know, if if they're allowed to see pictures or if if the donor even wants to be identified after she's 18, you yeah. know, because that's another big choice, too. Like, hey, when she's 18, do we want to allow her the opportunity to know him? And is that even something that he wants? Yeah. You know, so the attorney ended up giving me all this information. So I, I end up scheduling the appointment um, to go down and talk to him. And then, like, two weeks later, I canceled the appointment. I just went to Reddit and was like, hey, does anyone know how to do a, a non-disclosure? And I got really lucky, and, and a couple people were like, hey, this is the form, or this is the template I used. Um, so I ended up writing our full non-disclosure. Um, I had a couple people look over it just to verify it. You know, the legalese was accurate and would, would hold in court. And I got the green light. I sent it over to her, you know, one last time. And I sent it over to the donor and said, like, is this is this something that all parties can agree upon? And um, I think all three of us were were comfortable with it, you know, yeah. because even like Kim was saying, like, part of it for us, too, was to protect him. Yeah. You know, because he's got a family. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I was I was trying to tell him, like, hey, this is also going to protect you. And that way, you know, that I'm never going to come after you for child support. Yeah. You know, so this is like specifically in the non-disclosure states or excuse me in the contract agreement states like you are not the child's father in any way so compensation can never be asked for I can never ask for any kind of help from him or anything like that but in turn he can never come after her right so it's just not even something that you'd have to think about putting in writing because it's a super awkward conversation to have with somebody yeah you know to be like hey I trust you but I don't trust you sign that yeah <laughs> it's like doing a prenup or something exactly you know and and i i don't think i would ever sign a prenup personally so having this conversation was like really awkward 
Yeah. You know, but it's it was like the first step in being like, well, I'm not even going to start to go down this road unless I know that we're protected. So finding the legal paperwork stuff, you found it on Reddit, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so they read through it. You filed everything. Everything's signed. What happens next? Like, how how would you figure out when to? We had to get a notary first. Actually, oh, this is okay. kind of funny. So Which you have to get like a traveling notary. <laughs> So, because you can go to like, I think they have them at postal offices. I'm pretty sure they have notaries there, but they're there at like really weird like banking hours. Mm-hmm. And I at the time worked retail, and she worked in an office setting. And our donors, right? You have to have all donors there, and he works separate hours than the two of us did. Even so, we were like, "How the hell are we going to do this?" So we ended up doing it on like a Saturday or Sunday morning, I think. Um, and we had to hire a notary <laughs> public to. Drive out to us, <laughs> which is not cheap, by yeah. the way. And, like, the only way to find him is, like, on this, like, weird sketchy site where it's, like. For the record, my mom is a notary, so if If I would have known you, yeah. it would have been way easier. We didn't know each other when this was happening. No. But if you do need that ever again, Got I can you, provide Mrs. that Sands, for you. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because your girl did not realize that notaries charge by the stamp. Oh, do they? They do. And my mom would do it for free, I'm sure. Wow, this lady did not do yeah, it for free. Yeah, tell us how much it was. Mm. Well, she, hang on. First, she was like, oh, what are we notarizing? And we're like, a donor agreement. And then we were all sitting there quietly. And she's like, oh. And then was okay. quiet the whole <laughs> rest of the time. Like, what did I just get myself into? Like, you would think that would be a question. Yeah. Before they had there, but. <laughs> like, what exactly am I notarizing? Yeah. You know, because, like, she started to, like, read through it because she's looking for where she needs to, you know, do her stamp of approval or whatever it ends up being. Um, and so she was looking through it and being like, what is this? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's a donor agreement. Yeah. And it was just super quiet and awkward. And then she gets to this last page and she was like, who drew this up for you? And I'm all proud of myself. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> I'm not even an attorney. You know, I did it. And she's like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, you didn't need all these lines, right? And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, you know, I charge by the line. So I was hoping that at some point she was going to be like, but I'll just, I'll just, you know, stamp where I need to stamp and I'll just cut you a deal. No, no. This girl like straight up stamped like four or five lines. (laughs) And it it was some God awful, like 75 a stamp or something like that. So it ended up being like really expensive too. I think we had to borrow money too because you weren't expecting it to be that much or something like that i don't remember what it was now but it was outrageous um yeah so then she left and then um we had kind of discussed earlier on um to kind of like backtrack we had sat down and had dinner with him and kind of discussed like what this would look like and what we're looking at doing and what he'd be willing to do um because you know that's kind of another awkward conversation of being like Hey, so what I'm thinking is for you to, um, are you familiar with soft cups? Like diva cups? Yeah, but they're, um, they're like disposable diva cups. Okay. So again, a wonderful Reddit idea. I swear we should be sponsored. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you basically, the idea is the very similar to IUI where, um, a lot of fertility clinics recommend, at least in this area, that after you have the insemination done, um, that you go home and you put a soft disc in. And essentially what that does is it 
basically sits right on your cervix. Yeah. And it ensures that anything goes in that stays stays in, you know? And so the idea is you can go to bed with it. You can go to sleep. You wake up in the morning. That sounds like a great tip for someone who's in a straight marriage, too. Right, right. It works for anybody that that just needs a little help, you know? Um, And so for us, we, instead of doing the vials, because we had kind of considered, like, okay, we can give him a specimen cup. He can go, you know, jerk off. <laughs> I don't know the she polite way to say disgust. this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to think about where I came from. <laughs> I'm so mature. I swear. Okay, I feel the same right. way when I think about having sex with a woman. So, <laughs> Right. I guess. Yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I was sitting there like, okay, like we could totally do this and I'll give him um, the cup and then he'll do whatever. And then I'll take the cup back and then I'll you know, take it out in a syringe and then we'll go into another room. And so we're trying to figure this out and we're like, that seems like a lot of steps. Yeah. So then, um, and mind you too, we had already ruled out having him, uh, donate to a sperm bank. Cause sometimes you'll do that where you'll have your donor. will just go in and, um, he'll donate and then you can choose to have the bank wash it. Like we talked about before or not wash it. Um, but the only shitty thing is the closest sperm bank to us is Detroit. So that's two and a half hours away. And he would need to do that every time we tried, which could be multiple times a month. Yeah. Which, again, how the hell do you expect people to do this? It's not reasonable for you even to right. go. There. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, I kind of sat down and was like, hey, this is a little untraditional. Um, but how would you or not traditional? But how would you feel about me just giving you this soft cup and you just going for it right in the soft cup and yeah. cut out all of these extra steps where we'd potentially lose specimen? And he kind of looked at it and was like, well, that's new. (laughs) Never forget. He said, "Uh, I'm a veteran. I'll do it. Good to know, man. (laughs) So glad you really know how to jerk off. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what the appropriate response to that is. So I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, I guess. Um, So then, you know, he left and, and we're sitting in his living room. And probably the most awkward, like, 10 minutes of our marriage just sitting there on a couch while there's just some dude. I shouldn't say some dude. Obviously, we know him. You selected him, but yeah. <laughs> there's this guy that we know <laughs> that is jerking off like 50 feet from us with like a wall in between. Yeah. You know, and, and so we're just sitting there quietly like, what do you talk about in yeah. this time? You know, so we're just sitting there and I think there was something on TV and we both were just like nervously like watching it. And then he came out and was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> and, and he's like, you know what? No, no, no. So he put it back in the bathroom, and thus we established a routine. Yeah. We don't talk about it. Yeah. He just does his business. He puts it on the counter. He washes his hands. We kind of, like, do a high-five situation. And then I go into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I take the soft cup, and I insert it. Mm -hmm. And then I drive home. And then I sit with my legs up for, like, what I say is 30 minutes, but it probably was like an hour because I was like, ah, I'm not going to not going to chance it. You're not going to waste it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Not going to waste it. So um, then FYI, this is like going to be nasty. Yeah. Well, it's a nasty process. No matter yeah. how you do it. This is gross. Making babies gross. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is specifically for anybody that tries this method because it would work if you're straight as well. Yeah. Um, so the thing about it is when you go to take that thing out the next day. I wish we could just zoom in on Kim's face right now. 
<laughs> when I tell you, first of all, it doesn't look the same. I'm sure it changes color. Or it whatever. changes color. Sick. It changes like <laughs> consistency. Yeah, it all it it's it's it becomes very like watery almost, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't expect that. So then you take it out, which feels weird, by the way, because like this thing is like suction to you. So you have to yeah. like really get in there. And so, mind you, I'm like sitting here like with my leg up, like trying to like really get in there and not like scratch my own cervix because Lord knows that's the Ouch. last thing I need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I end up taking this thing out and then I'm instantly grossed out because I realized that like my finger slipped into it because that's how you have to pull it out. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just take it out. So I take it out and I'm disgusting. So I look at it cause I have yeah. to, and I'm like, Oh my God, what do I do with this? Thing? <laughs> I didn't think it through. So I'm sitting there in the, in the bathroom, just looking at this thing at my hand. I'm like, Oh Jesus. So I try to like get a lot of toilet paper to like wrap it up. I heard and a then lot of screeching like tampon, from the outside. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh shit. Like there's a lot of blood on that. I didn't think there would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grabbed like a lot of toilet paper and I like wrap it up and I'm like really grossed out. Cause now it's like leaking onto my fingers and I'm like, smells it's not a good thing. Um, Anyway, so I'm sitting in the bathroom, probably screaming obscenities. She's freaking out. She's like, Jesus, what's wrong? I wasn't going in there. It's like when you got the sperm on you. Yes. <laughs> Had flashbacks. I was like, no, not again. So uh, users, beware. <laughs> Just know it's a good idea. From that point on, I always had um, like paper towel with me so I can like put it on the paper towel and then like be grossed out and fold it up and pretend like I never saw it. Okay. Yeah, so that's how we did that, and we did that for 13 months. Something like that, yeah. 13 months, multiple times a month. Um, We had also agreed upon a price, um, because I didn't feel right just taking sperm. You know, like, I guess in some way, I I kind of felt like I would feel more secure if there was a transaction. Yeah. Um, Because then... If nothing else, America understands currency and, and money. Yeah. Like, I paid you, so. Yeah, I paid you for this. <laughs> so now I expect it in return. Yeah. Um, and it's shitty, but that was, like, another way of us for trying to protect ourselves. So we decided, how much was it every time? 60 bucks, I think. 60 bucks. Like, because he wasn't in it for the money. Yeah. But I felt like we needed to give him something. To make it worth it, at least. Yeah. Right. You know, just, or even just as, like, a, hey, thank you, like, for yeah. your time. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for tricking off, man. <laughs> Easiest 60 bucks that guy ever made. <laughs> so um, we ended up doing that. But yeah, we we did that for multiple times a month for 13 months. And I would say probably about around month four of trying with him, I started to panic. Yeah. Um, because I am the person that researches everything to death. So I try to be. I try to know what to expect and know what I'm doing going into things. And I didn't. And I felt like I had no control. And she's worse about not having control. And it takes a lot for me to get there. But, like, I instantly got it. Because yeah. it was like, I I should be able to do this. You're doing everything right. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I'm tracking it. I even started to go down into, like, you can track temperatures to see if you're ovulating at a specific time of day. So I'm sitting there with, like, different thermometers that are, like, labeled. I'm like, don't put this one in your mouth. <laughs> You you even got so crazy, to, I don't want to say crazy, but so much into it that we were looking on all of our plasticware, making sure it was BPA free. Yeah. Like everything. Because everything it was I like did. that can 
withhold your baby getting. Like <laughs> well, your baby getting. <laughs> your body's you know? gonna reject the baby if you've consumed BPA in the last six hours. Um, no, but it was. I mean, it was everything. It it went down to everything that we did. You know, I was scared to drink. I was scared to drink too much coffee. I was scared to eat food that wasn't organic because what if I get a pesticide that you know doesn't <laughs> cut for a cut. second? I cannot. <laughs> Okay, we're back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was the first time that I started to feel like I couldn't research this and find an answer. Like, I started to realize that sometimes the stars just have to align yeah. <laughs> in order for things to happen. Um, so, I mean, it was, that's when it, I think it started to get a little bit more difficult for me. And then when would you say it started to... Yeah, talk about your thoughts throughout this whole process because it's got to be hard to, as someone who likes control, to be in literal control of nothing that's happening. I literally, all I had to, like, control of was driving her to the quote-unquote appointments. Yeah. You know, to get that. And um, it was hard to watch her cry every month. Yeah. Because anytime she cries, it literally triggers me. Like, within seconds, I will cry. Like, I feel what she feels. Yeah. (laughs) Like... I, didn't, I never really cried that much, but, like, I just get emotional because of her. Yeah. So, like, it just sucked. It yeah. sucked to watch her cry. And, like, the whole thing of, like, you're not a father until you see your baby come out. Like, I know what that's like because I was just like, well, shit, you know, like, she feels bad because it didn't take. For me, I'm like, damn, that that sucks. But, like, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. You know, like I'm supporting her. Yes. But like I have physically nothing to do with this where like two straight people would. I just don't because yeah. she's she's not getting anything from me. Yeah. Besides, again, the emotional shit. But like it was just it, and the whole thing about you're not a father until or you're not a mother in this case for me until you see your baby. Like that's the first thing I was able to actually touch to feel. She got to feel all through pregnancy she got to feel that how Mm -hmm. excited the first pregnancy test that came back positive like she got that you know so like it was just an uphill battle for me to support her because I didn't know what I could do yeah and you didn't have as much of an emotional connection as she did other than caring exactly about her yep right so you're frustrated about it not taking which I know and many people in the world know (laughs) It was just a phone. It's okay. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the next steps that you took because I know that you did actually see a doctor at some point. Right. So um, I think after like six months, I started to eat differently. Like I ate really clean. I was taking any kind of supplement I could find out that was like naturally um, helpful with fertility. I started drinking like fertility teas, like literally anything. Yeah. And by the way, that shit is so expensive. Yeah. The that whole industry, it's fucked up, and it's a ripoff. It is because it is. It sure it helps, but sure it's, they're just taking advantage of your desperation. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's 
and I don't want to necessarily say it because I love this community too, but I went out and I bought any crystal that had any kind of fertility energy, like literally anything yeah. I could get my hands on. That's how actually, Caleb doesn't know this, but that's how I got into crystals. I was yes. looking for jade and I couldn't yeah. find any because jade yep. is supposed to help with fertility. Right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, these other ones are pretty. So I might as well buy those too. So, yeah. Then yeah. one turns to two and two turns to seven. And before you know it, they're all around your house. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, God, I, I probably spent so much money on just the extra bullshit to just ease myself, to give myself some sort of idea that I had something to to control or do. Um, but I think after um, 12 months of trying with this donor, we sat down and we're like, okay, we, we might actually need to see a doctor at this point, you know, because um, I, had, I had called or I'd, you know, talked to um, a couple OB offices and said like, Hey, should I maybe think about going into fertility? And they said, no, like, let's keep trying. Um, once we get to about a year, then we'll, we'll start to ask those questions. So Which they, for in traditional settings, mm-hmm. you either have to be over a year of trying or you have to have three miscarriages before they'll do any special intervention, which is bullshit. That's cruel. Three. Yeah. yeah. They, the first one literally. So I haven't talked on the podcast a lot about my miscarriage, but when sure. They tell you they're like super casual about it. They're like, oh, yeah, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get pregnant again. Your first one is just kind of like a gimme. Like they don't say it that way, but there's that casual about it. Like as your whole world is like crashing yeah, around you, your whole world is crashing and they're like, oh, this happens all the time. You can get pregnant again. Fuck you. We'll what? talk again after your third miscarriage and see if we need to do any intervention. And then luckily I had a nurse who came in and said I went for my follow up appointment when I had right. to, like get the baby out of me and she said that's all bullshit right like she's like she's the best like i will go back to her if i get pregnant again she's like she's like that's bullshit also i'm gonna run this test for you to see because the most common cause of miscarriage is bacteria and they don't check for this bacteria until you've had three miscarriages so we're gonna do this swab test and see if you have it because it's a swab test yeah. Yeah. I've never even heard of the it bacteria. Costs them next to nothing. It's so easy for them. They just do a culture, right? Like, and I had two of the bacteria and they put me on a year's worth of antibiotics and they're like, it'll be much easier for you to get pregnant after you're done with this because it also causes infertility. What did I say? A year? A year. Yeah. It was a month. Not a, yeah, it was a month. But still, it <laughs> felt like a year because right. got, after that, I got full body hives. Like, the way that they care Ugh. for women who are having trouble getting pregnant is like crude. It's mm-hmm. like insensitive. Just because you see it every day doesn't mean it's okay for you to just like right. be casual about it. Right. Right. Just because it happens all the time doesn't mean it should. Or the person that you're talking to is not prepared for the information that you're about to give them. Yeah. So why don't you be a decent human being? Yeah. With <laughs> just just an ounce of bedside manner. Yeah. You know, maybe take it down a little bit. Yeah. God, people are such assholes sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so it's so hard because you don't want to admit like, hey, I might I might need help doing this. Yeah. Um. So we we finally did it. And, and luckily for us, they didn't tell us the three miscarriage thing. Yeah. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Um. But so we ended up um, getting a, a point or getting um, referred to a fertility clinic in the area. And it was almost in passing where. I had brought her to this appointment too, because this is my appointment with the OB when yeah. we're deciding like, okay, I might need to pass you on. Um, so it's a really tough emotionally and, you know, so we're sitting there and she's like, you know what? 
I'm going to try one more thing. And so we're like, okay, what, what, what is it? You know? And she's like, it, it kind of hurts. Just so, you know, like, okay, (laughs) this hurts, you know, (laughs) going through the emotional, emotional pain of this hurts. So I was like, I don't care. Whatever you got to do, let's try it. I'm, I'm game. So essentially, um, it's a dye test. Okay. So if, if for anyone that's not familiar, essentially you have this appointment where you go into like a, a surgery, a surgery room, essentially you have two OBs in there. Um, and they put you, lay you on your back, put you in stirrups. Um, and they take out like the jaws of life, <laughs> like shove them in there, like the most medieval way. <laughs> and like, Oh, this is gonna be a little uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> So then they're like cranking this thing open and it hurts so bad. I'm trying to keep like a brave face. I just can't even imagine. It's worse than like a regular speculum. Like they took it and like I'm over in a chair in the corner. Like I couldn't. (laughs) Right. They wouldn't let me any closer for whatever reason. I don't know if it was sterile issues or or what. But like they took this giant thing and were like going like this. And it was like slowly opening like a monkey wrench and like I was like sitting there because I also have a vagina so I know how the speculum goes yeah. and it fucking sucks yeah so like and you don't regularly have dicks in said vagina so like it's not like they're stretched a lot by these things, I right? make a joke every time when, <laughs> side note um, you get to pick your size so <laughs> spoiler we got pregnant um <laughs> so during my pregnancy whenever they had to do the um the wand yeah. to to see your heartbeat i would always make this joke of like hey i'm gay so if you could go slow that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) nurses typically liked it yeah there was one nurse that was like okay he's like okay sorry sorry we're trying to add a little humor to an awkward situation yeah just go ahead and stick it in me i guess (laughs) god anyway yeah so (laughs) poor kim again likes having control yeah and part of that is being able to see things that are going on so they're like blocking her view and all she can see is my face. So I'm trying to keep this brave face when I'm just getting like jabbed from the inside and yeah. they're like moving everything. And, you know, she also was emotional support for me, even though she was going through these oh, body yeah. tortures. Even when she gave birth, she was like, I can't scream too loud or it will set her off. Cause like, I was just not like hospitals. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. And I go to them a lot because I'm very accident prone. So. <laughs> I'm there a lot. I should have a punch card, but I just, even with her, like it was, (laughs) even with, with her going through this, like it was even more awful because I just had to watch her do go through it. And again, if she cries, I cry. Yeah. She's making faces. I'm sitting there going like, (laughs) you were doing it right now when she was talking about it. You made a disgusted face the whole time. Uh, okay, so anyway, so there I was, like, jacked up like a, you know, shitty beater car on the side of the highway. Yeah. So then the my OB that's sitting in between my legs, the one that just finished jacking me up, was like, okay, now this is going to feel a little weird. I'm going to insert the dye, and the dye is thicker than your blood is. So you're going to feel, like, things going into your body. You're going to feel it. It's like, sometimes it burns. But just ignore it like it's normal. I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. So then they have whoever, I don't know if it's a, I don't even know the technical term. I'm not yeah. going to try. Yeah. There's another person over there that's staring at a big-ass TV of what I can only assume is my insides. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so then she starts to push this die through, and I'm telling you, 
I have never felt a feeling like that in my entire life. It burns so bad. And like you could literally feel it. Like I don't know if you've ever had like morphine. It's the same kind of feeling because it's thicker. So you can feel it traveling and it and it like is hot almost. Okay. So like my entire insides of all my reproductive organs are like burning. And I had been misdiagnosed years before with having a um deviated wasn't a fibroid or something? No, it was like a, a DV. It was some sort of deviated reproductive organ that would make it so I wouldn't be able to have kids. Well, like they end up finding something, something weird. Yeah. yeah. So they end up finding out during this exam, too, that I didn't have that. So okay. it was like two birds and one stone. It was worth it. Yeah. Right. So she was like, OK, well, we're going to try this and we're just basically going to make sure that there's no clogs in any of the tubes. So we want to make sure that sperm can get to where they need to go efficiently and not die in the process. So. Um, everything was clear though, you know, and, and they typically don't give you results right then and there. They yeah. typically will like take it and look at it and review it. Um, she was looking at the monitor. She's like, no, you look great. This looks good. And she's like, the only thing I can say is you have, um, what, what was it? It was a, was it a really tight or like really small Her cervical cervix opening? was oh, yeah, narrow cervix. There, yes. Yeah. It was so just, they small. had to like balloon open it. So oh. they had to actually get a balloon to open her cervix for them to inject the dye, actually. Okay. So, which I found out after because they didn't tell me that. So I'm thinking this just hurts really bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're cranking me open, not realizing that that pressure I felt was. They're messing a, with your cervix. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Um, yeah, it was, it was painful as fuck. But um, then we were like, okay, you know, at least now we have the we know that everything functionally is good. Yeah. So now we just need to look and see if, you know, maybe there's a chemical or something imbalanced that we can deal with. So um, then we also had to have the conversation with our donor of like, hey, would you be willing to get your sperm tested? Because now we need to go to a fertility clinic and they're likely going to ask to see and make sure that your swimmers are still swimming, you know? Mm-hmm. And... <sighs> What was the timeline on that? God, that was the last time that we tried. So that was probably two weeks before. So end of September. End of September, I would say, right around there. Um, and then I was on cycle to try again. Yeah. You know, we were about to go on vacation. And it was also during, during COVID, too. Oh. Oh, so yeah. that Didn't also threw that? wrenches in a lot of our donations as well, okay. um, trying to make sure that everybody was healthy. Yeah. So that also was a huge thing. And... That also played in that whole thing, too, which was nuts. Yeah. Trying to get a fertility appointment during COVID. Good luck. Yeah. Total back burner, which I understand. Yeah. You know, but for us, that was just more time to sit on my ass and think about how I'm not pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's honestly what made me realize I was ready to ask Caleb about having kids because we sat there, just the two of us for so long. And I was like, this is a time when I wish we had a child. Like, I wish... We were spending time with our kid right now. Like, right. I wish that we were watching them play and they were amusing us th- during the day. Right. I wish I was complaining about the fact that everyone else got time off and I didn't. You know, like, I wanted to have a kid at that point. And exactly. I was like, oh, this is the first time I've felt this. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, like, triggers that thought and you're like, huh, yeah, I could. And I then could. you get obsessed with it. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So we end up having this conversation um, after we had our last donation, um, and we were in Virginia, so I'm from Maryland. I have family back there. We go to visit every once in a while. Um, we end up going on vacation to visit out there, um, and he 
ended up letting me know that he had a child on the way. Oh, okay. Which was devastating for me. Yeah. Um, because that obviously tells me like, okay, there's nothing wrong on his side, yeah. so it's got to be me, right? So, not only am I like trying to deal with the fact that now we need to see a fertility clinic, and then we had um a like our our initial appointment essentially over the phone because of COVID. Yeah. And we were driving, um, and we had this appointment, and they're like, okay, you know, just expect, you know, to to pay a, a significant amount of money. Like, we have payment plans. You can open up a credit card. You can just all of these, like, really slimy-sounding things, you yeah. know? So I'm sitting here, like, grieving the fact that I might need help. And I'm sitting over here, like, sirens going off, red lights, because money, money yeah. going down the drain, <laughs> yeah. light, light it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Right. So it that part got really hard. Um, so there I am, like, driving down the highway, like, blubbering, like, sobbing as this lady is telling us that it's going to cost us, like, $30,000. And they're only going to give us three chances at IVF. And if we don't have it after three, then we should just adopt, like, her words. And coming from a fertility specialist, that's terrifying because yeah. you're telling me, like, I've tried all of these times and now you're just going to tell me three more and that's it? Yeah. And I already have anxiety. So that, you know, instantly set me off. And I'm just like, Jesus, I don't know if I can emotionally do this, you know. So then we just had like the shittiest vacation. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you're sad the whole time. <laughs> yeah. it you was know, terrible. I, it was, which it was sucked because awful. it was our anniversary too. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're go back home and see all these people. And we weren't really telling everybody like what was going on because we just weren't really ready to have those conversations. Cause it just felt like a gut punch every time because then like if you tell people you're trying then every month yeah you get you know hey how'd it go and I just you know I don't want to have that conversation so we just stopped talking about it um kind of made it a little bit more private and then um we got back from vacation went back to life as normal I was tracking everything I was fully expecting to have to go try again um but having to see the fertility clinic and then um I don't know. I woke up and you ever just like wake up and feel different? Like something's just weird. Mm -hmm. Like I woke up and I was just like super, I don't know. I kind of felt like I was hungover, you know, yeah. I was like, ah, that's whatever. So I kind of blew it off. And then I just had that like nagging, like, eh, what if? Yeah. Like, hmm, I wonder it's well, been yeah. enough time, you know, cause I'm looking at like my tracking. I'm like, well, I should have started my period. That's uh, I'm not, there's no way I'm pregnant, you yeah. know? And you, you almost like start to just doubt yourself, especially after you've been trying for so long. Right. You've seen that sometimes your period is late for no reason. Usually yep. stress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you just had this very stressful moment. So you're, you're justifying to yourself why you're not pregnant. Right. The whole time. And the weirdest thing too happened, um, on our ride back from vacation, I guess my, my first actual symptom, we didn't realize was a symptom. Hey. Um, I started to get really bad heart palpitations. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the first symptom I ever had. Oh, look at her go. Um, <laughs> so we were driving back from uh, Maryland or Virginia, and my heart kept, like, freaking out. It would, like, beat, like, three times, and then it would be, like, half a second pause. Then it would, like, beat once, like, slowly, and then it would beat again really fast. And it kind of, like, hurt in yeah. a way. So, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Now I have, like, a heart condition. Now I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. So we stopped in like this. Hold on. Oh. So while we were driving, this was like in like halfway through Ohio or no, halfway through Pennsylvania. Yeah, something and like that. I was that. like, can you make it to Michigan? Because I'm thinking again, money, insurance. Yeah, you have to, in network, please. Right. So 
we get to Ohio and she's like, I don't know. Like they keep happening faster. They keep happening harder. I'm a huge Michigan fan. Yeah. <laughs> she's not trying to go. To I'm not any trying Ohio to have hospital. anybody go to an Ohio hospital <laughs> and trust their asses to be able to diagnose and care for my wife. So <laughs> that's just, you know, the Michigan to me. And God. So I was like, can you make it to the Michigan border? I, I don't think so. I don't know. And I'm like, you die in Ohio, I'm dragging you over the border. <laughs> they can they can do your death certificate there because I'm not trying to have that in Ohio. <laughs> so she has me call my primary care. Yeah. And be like, hi, me. Um having heart palpitations. So obviously, like when you talk to a, a nurse or whoever ends up answering those phones, they're like, Yeah, if you have a heart issue, you need to go to the ER. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're just trying it. to be safe. Yeah. So, you know, of course my ass is like, Yeah, I probably should, you know. So we ended up finding this awful, yeah, awful, rundown, like, <laughs> it was like a hospital that had like a helicopter pad outside and it was metal detectors Oh wow. and basically like any gunshot wound victim came through there. <laughs> and again, me not liking hospitals, yeah. I went in there and I'm like, I'm not sitting on anything. All the like... Like, the cushions for the seats were all tattered, and, like, it was, like, an old-school, like, turquoise that hadn't been painted in 30 years. So I'm like, this place is unclean. I don't want to be here. Like, I need to go, but she's dying. How inconvenient of right. you. How Ohio you. of Ohio. you. <laughs> so I go through this, and mind you, the <laughs> the doctors are just, they don't give a shit. Probably because I don't have a gunshot wound. I'm not dying yeah. yet, you know. Rightfully so. So I'm sitting there and they wanted to do this test. They wanted to run an x-ray on me. And I was like, hey, um, so there might be a, a chance that I'm pregnant. Yeah. Remember? I don't remember exactly what he said. But he said something um, to the extent of like, how how pregnant? Like, how sure are you that you could be pregnant right now? Because I need to do this test. And I'm like, yo, bro. Before an x-ray, you should run a pregnancy <laughs> test. I'm like, I'm telling you. And guess there's what a they chance. never did. They didn't? No, they never did. And I'm glad I said something because then he was like, okay, got me the little shield. I put it over my belly and then he ran this test. So he ran the test. We waited in the room for like two hours um, only for him to come back and be like, nope, you're fine. Cool. Cool. Now we have an ER bill that we have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have no idea why this is happening. So he was like, yeah, I would suggest you see your doctor back in Michigan. I'm like, thanks for fucking nothing. Seriously. Yeah. You know? And, um, the, by the time that I had mentioned like, Hey, I might be pregnant. They were like, well, let's just do a pregnancy test, yeah. which made no sense because they ended up doing the x-ray before they got the results back anyway. So it was just pointless. Yeah. So me though, I'm sitting there, I'm like, cool. I get like free tests, free yeah. tests. And like, these guys know what they're doing. They're, you know, trained for this. Well, um, doctor comes back in. He's like, Hey, you're fine. Can't find anything wrong with you. You should be good to go. Just go talk to your primary care. You'll be fine. I'm like, okay, you know, get my stuff ready to go. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, didn't they do a pregnancy test on me? She's like, yeah, I think they did. I'm like, I should ask. So then I go out and I talk to this nurse, which, God, you know what? She, You know when you've seen somebody that she's been in the profession way too long? Yeah. And she just lost it. You know, mm -hmm. she lost, like, her her love for it. Man, I went out there and I was like, hey, um, I just wanted to know if you have the results for my pregnancy test. And she went, he didn't tell you? No. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> you have the results. And she looked, she goes, Nope, you're not pregnant. <sighs> like, 
Awesome. All right. Cool, we'll great. Go. Cherry Thanks. on top. Thanks. Have a nice day. Cool. I'm like, can I at least like get some good news, you know? Um, so then we had the, you know, most deafening of silent car rides back to Michigan, just knowing that I wasn't pregnant and it didn't work and knowing what we would have ahead of us. <laughs> and then fast forward like two weeks. So I already had this negative pregnancy test from a hospital. So I'm like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Yeah. You know, so I felt like shit when I woke up and I was like, nope, it's my mind playing tricks on me. It's done this before. And then I went about my day. Look at you, girl. Um, I tried to have coffee and I couldn't down it. Mm. So then I was like, that's weird. Um, and then I just was like, huh, I'll just I'll see. And I think I took three or four of the cheap pregnancy tests and then I ripped open like a, an expensive, like clear blue one. Yeah. And um, came up positive, but I wasn't sure if I was imagining it. So I ran over wearing like practically nothing because I had just woken up. So I'm yeah. in like sleep, like shorts, <laughs> like a sports bra. And I go running to my neighbor and I'm like banging on her door. She's like thinking there's something wrong. So yeah. she's panicking, like running through the house. She's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? And I just showed her the test and I couldn't get any like of my of my words out. And she just looked at it and I'll never forget. And she's like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. It was so cool. And crying. <laughs> oh, it was it was so awesome. Oh, Maya's shaking her head at me. Don't cry. <laughs> so that oh, I was now cool. you're crying. Oh, don't cry, baby. <laughs> this is a good story. Um, so then we ended up driving straight to Kim's work, um, ran up like a crazy lunatic. I'm like screaming and yelling in the parking lot, like barely dressed, waving the thing, like, like, like the most redneck Mexican you've ever seen in your life. So she texted me something. I don't remember what it was. It was really cryptic though. Yeah. And then I saw that she left my, left home. And so I was like, why is she coming? Why is she coming here? Or. I was like, I, she just sent me something super cryptic. And I was like, I think Heather's pregnant. Like, I was telling my boss that. And, like, I think Heather's pregnant. I need to go home for a second. So I was getting in my car when they rolled up. Yeah. Because, like, I didn't know what was going on. And then her and Alyssa came through and were like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, and the feeling is, like, weird because when you try for so long, like, even when you get the positive, you're like, I made her take like three like, yeah. throughout the day and then like one every day for like a week. And then yeah. she's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, and you need to make sure. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like the second you find out, even until I lost my baby, I was taking pregnancy tests. Right. At least twice a week. Because, yeah. by the way, you can get them on Amazon. I will link for you. It's way cheaper than buying them at the store. Way cheaper. You can get a 20 pack for $8. So, and if I'll, you're really like, into buying the dollar store sells them and yeah. those are usually the ones that like Planned Parenthood uses. Yeah, and cuz they're cheap. And the doctor who ran the test for you, they yeah. use the, they same, use the same one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this industry is so huge. It's, so you were pregnant? Yeah. Um, you know, I even forgot, you know, it all happened so fast, I swear, but I was on a whole rack of medication too. Okay. I don't know if they did that for you for fertility, but mm-hmm. my OB provided it and like the hormones that it makes you go through is insane. Okay. Um. So luckily, by the time I actually got pregnant, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I, I know used, what this is like." I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's why I'm like hot all the time and like up and down all the time. But man, yeah. So we um decided to go with a midwife because initially I wanted um as least amount of medical intervention as possible. I just wanted to to kind of be 
just this natural thing, you know, because I kind of felt like my body is made to do this. So I just want to do it as natural as possible. So I had my heart set on a water birth and a midwife and none of that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Not a single thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we had started with the midwife and I loved it. Yeah, it was so awesome because I just really wanted that bond, especially with like another woman that had been through it. Um, who could just like look down and guide me and give me some natural things to do, you know, cause I didn't really want to be taking a whole bunch of medication. So even when I was nauseous, I just chose to just throw up, you know, yeah. instead of taking like the Zofran, Zofran. or whatever they want to give you. And, um, which looking back on it now, I would just take the Zofran. Yeah. <laughs> to just be take honest, the drugs. right. I was just like, no, I want to be natural. And you know what? That works for so many people and bless them. But yeah. If I do it again, nah, just give me the trucks. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're there for a reason. Um, yeah, so we went through that. Um, and then I ended up finding out uh, that I had gestational diabetes. And that was, I mean, that ran in the family, so it wasn't that much of a surprise. <laughs> but that meant that um, I might not be able to see a midwife anymore. Okay. Because you needed an MD to see you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then they basically just wait and see, like, if you end up needing insulin. Okay. Then if you're insulin dependent, then you need to go to a doctor. Okay. But if you're not insulin dependent and you just have gestational, then you can stay with the midwife and they'll just do regular testing. So I was really hoping that I'd be able to stay without insulin. I ended up needing it, which, again, people don't talk about. Yeah. First of all, how expensive diabetes equipment is, is disgusting. Like it's they price gouge. It's insane. Um, good RX okay. <laughs> for everything because you can always find out who sells it cheaper. OK. Um, but God, so we went through months of having to deal with that additional expense as well, because having diabetes is really expensive. We learned that lesson the hard way. OK, so. You were talking about gestational diabetes, so you oh, yeah. got gestational diabetes. Yep. And then got transferred to maternal fetal medicine okay. because I was insulin dependent. So then I was taking um, my blood sugars after every meal in the mornings at night, which is terrifying because then they tell you you're high risk pregnancy, you know. So now now I'm like, OK, thank God I'm pregnant. And then you're just hoping for a smooth sailing, you know, and then this happens. Yeah. But the good thing is they're so good about treating it generally that they you know they know what they're doing and they give you a diet that you go by which honestly sucks because I was always looking forward to being pregnant and not caring what I ate yeah for once not caring (laughs) about what your body looked like yeah exactly I've like giving myself some grace as a woman and not giving a shit if I you know ate an entire tub of ice cream in one sitting but I couldn't do that anymore so I was like damn it now I have to be healthy (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so I had to be super healthy and then that just upped my anxiety, yeah. you know, cause then like we were saying before, like every single movement or anything that you feel, any bump in the road, like you're constantly worried that you're going to do something that's going to somehow like kill this baby. I thought I was going to sneeze the baby out. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even joking. I thought for sure. The sneezes are, yeah, <laughs> the sneezes are so violent. I, I was know. Like, I know that when I sneeze and I have my period, it gushes. So why wouldn't I sneeze out a baby? <laughs> Fair point. I'm glad you didn't say that to me when I was pregnant. Yeah. Because I would have been like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> I think my vagina just sneezed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it, God, it's it's so nerve wracking. And then having to try to inject yourself with insulin. It's <laughs> like a 20 minute process. <laughs> Every night she gets so into her head. I'm like, breathe, breathe. <laughs> I'm not even weird about needles. That's the weirdest thing. Like, yeah. it was just this like natural like guttural reaction to sticking anything in a pregnant stomach because I had to stick it like in like right under my belly so it was terrifying me so like the first time I did it I sat in the kitchen and we were in there for like 20-30 minutes no joke and I'm like I can't do it (laughs) she's like well I can't do it for you because I don't like needles so we almost had to go have my neighbor do it yeah (laughs) which I was like I gotta do this like twice a day every day there's no way so I finally just said, okay, like I'm going to do it. But yeah, every night for the rest of the pregnancy, I had to use insulin and it was awful. So I feel for anybody that has to do it. Yeah. So now I have a new respect for it. And pregnancy, even if you really want it, you told me this when I got pregnant, even if it's something you really wanted, you don't have to enjoy it the whole time. Like it's a really weird process and your whole yeah. body changes and everything feels weird. And I only got through a little bit of it. Like here it gets worse in the second and third trimester. So. It is actually worse in the last month, and nobody says that. Yeah. No. You'd think it's it almost like they forget because they're in their last month and they're on the stretch, and most of the time they get out early and yeah. have the baby early. But, like, she was miserable. She kept telling mm-hmm. me, like, please, re- like, remind me of how this feels later. Obviously, yeah. I'll remember. She doesn't necessarily remember, you know? Yeah. Like, right. bodily-wise. But, yeah, it, I mean, watching her struggle with nausea all the time and, like, trying to figure out. We had so many mints next to our bed. Like, <laughs> just mints, heartburn, huge... meds, like, Tums, like, were almost in, like, a candy dispenser. You had to put quarters <laughs> in for every day because of just how much heartburn there was. And I don't know. It was It was cool when you got the parts that were worth it. Yeah. Like, the first flutter she felt of Maya's feet kicking or her hands moving. And then the first movement I could feel. Yeah. I burst into tears instantly. Yeah. Again, I don't cry that much, but when it comes to her, I'm a freaking baby. Yeah. And when it comes to to Maya, you get like a million times more emotional after you have the kid come out. Like everything makes you cry. It's almost like being on your period like 99% of the time. And no one tells you that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> God. Someday that's going to happen for me. <laughs> it will. Oh, but my gosh. Is it? Yeah. It. So I wish somebody would have told me a few things. And I think that's one of the biggest ones, truly, yeah. is that it is okay to want to be pregnant and to want a child so badly and just dislike being pregnant. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's ugly. It's gross. But it's also pretty freaking cool that your body can do it you know I would say that the only parts of pregnancy that I personally truly enjoyed was feeling her move and getting to see her on the monitor when I could hear her heartbeat Um, because when I had diabetes they had to constantly monitor her so three times or yeah three times a week I would go from where we live um, by the lake shore to Grand Rapids and go have a heart monitor basically put on my stomach and they would monitor her and make sure she's good. But that, I mean, those were the only times that I really felt like fulfilled, yeah. you know, 
every other time. And, and I felt such bad guilt for that because I wanted this baby so bad yeah. that I felt like I couldn't complain. You know, yeah. like, who am I to tell somebody like, oh, this sucks? Yeah. <laughs> when all I would say for two years was, I can't wait. Or, you know, I can't wait to have a baby. I can't wait to do this. And so I, I've dealt with, like, extreme guilt for not feeling excited about everything. And, yeah, I, I knew that I would probably forget some of the worst parts of it because I feel like our bodies do that on purpose. Otherwise, nobody would ever do it again. Well, the last month is miserable so that you're motivated to give birth because who would ever want to go through that? (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, God, yeah. But nobody prepares you for the fact that you cannot move on your own anymore. Like, you, you have no use of your abs. Yeah. Like, the last stretch, the last two weeks, I was literally rolling myself on and off of surfaces. So, like, bed... I would have I to have her, her like push my back <laughs> so I could roll off <laughs> or like, it, I mean, there's just stuff like that. Or like we went on a, um, a baby moon or whatever to Key West and like we were able to get in the water and I was terrified to get in the ocean because like, oh, God forbid, like something contaminates you. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and I have some freak accident. Um, but I finally was like, OK, fine. And and I let myself enjoy life a little bit, um, which is another thing that I wish I would have known because you're constantly afraid that anything that you do will negatively impact this pregnancy. Um, but I think that that almost kind of takes away from some of the experience because you forget to just enjoy the little things. You yeah, know? and enjoy the last moments of you being the center of your life. You right. know what I mean? Like of of it being about you. Right. Yeah. Being able to drop everything and go to a concert, you yeah. know, or just go out to eat. It's yeah. just not. It's not on the cards the same way anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it was just hard to enjoy those things because I was constantly worried. And then because I was worried, she felt that and she would be a little bit guarded, too. So um, I wish that I would have kind of stepped back a little bit and been a little less nervous. But I mean, it was nice to because you I don't want to say it was nice because you had diabetes, but it was nice because we got a weekly scan. Oh, yeah. I think it was make weekly sure was okay. to make sure she was OK. So we got to see her like her, her little shape yeah you know through the 3d ultrasounds that we got so like we could actually see her not a lot of people get that yeah like right they get this just the basic like heartbeat one or like oh here's the blob but like we got to actually see her like i don't get to feel her so like me actually seeing her like it was cool yeah like that that tells me she's okay not because she's kicking yeah right so that to me was nice because i got to see her and feel like i'm actually doing something right even though i'm just looking at her but her heart's beating and her fingers are wiggling and she passed those those heart rate monitored tests or whatever that she had to go in for three day, three times a week in like 10 minutes lot or less because she moved the entire pregnancy <laughs> like it would take people hours if to you pass those tests. she's been moving this whole time yes. so <laughs> she's a very active baby <laughs> She's very so, curious. I think that's how she was inside of me, too. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So that, was nice. that was nice. And that was reassuring. Again, another thing I wish I would have been prepared for was that it's terrifying um, in the time of, that you're pregnant when you find out that you're pregnant up until you feel their first kick. Because there is no reassurance no. daily that everything's going okay. No. And you have no idea. Well, and when we went and found out that I had the miscarriage. Yep. Like... We're in there. I didn't even know I had a miscarriage and I was seeing it on the monitor because no one tells you what to expect. Right. You go in there and you're like, this is the first time I'm going to see the heartbeat, hopefully. 
Like, right. But they don't know how many weeks you're measuring at. So they don't know if there's actually going to be a heartbeat and they don't say anything like, right. You, you don't know. So that's why I was testing once a week for forever because you just want to make sure everything's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only thing you have. And it scared the death out of me too, because a lot of times, like one of the things that a lot of the, um, infertility or trying to conceive subreddits will talk about is like, well, we're hoping for a sticky baby. But really, that just means like, okay, good, you got pregnant. Now let's just hope to God it fucking stays that way because so much can happen, you know, but you would have no idea that things are happening because we don't get tested weekly, you know, unless we do it ourselves. Yeah. And unfortunately, the medical system, it's kind of a nonchalant, like, well, you know, if you make it to 12 weeks, 12 weeks, then hopefully you'll make it to 20 weeks. And then if you make it to 20 weeks, then we're hoping to get you to 30. And then once you're at 30, then we're, you know, hoping you don't have a preemie, you know, but it's like you go through these like milestones, but you don't get prepared for like, well, I have to wait 12 weeks to find out if I can be excited. Yeah. And then from 12 weeks to 20 weeks to hope that she doesn't die. Yeah. (laughs) After I've told people, you know, so it's like these just really daunting appointments that you have, you know, and, and you don't necessarily get prepared for that. So that's why I would say it's so important to have like whoever there with you. You know, because a lot of these appointments, I don't know if I could have done them by myself, you know, especially because they had trouble finding her heartbeat once and I about lost it. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah, that was the one that I was not there for. Naturally. Of course. course. Yeah. But I was like seven months pregnant at that point and they couldn't find it. And that wasn't normal for her. And I had went in because I hadn't felt her kick in two days and I was freaking the fuck out. Turns out she apparently was just super comfortable. (laughs) But... So clearly we have Maya. She made it. Um, we're going to wrap up because she's got to get restless. So um, if there was one thing in this whole process that you could like take away from it, obviously having a great partner, regardless of what what gender your partner is, is really important. But what's right. the biggest thing that you think you would want people to know? Maybe that there's support out there if you're trying. God, there's... Just know that you're you're not alone. Um, there's plenty of people that are going through it, have gone through it, have known somebody that have gone through it. Um, we're amazed about how many women we talk to that have fertility issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like 10 years ago we were having these conversations. No. So normalizing it and bringing it into a, an everyday topic would be great. Um, making sure that your little ones know, like I, now I'll, I'll make sure that when we raise Maya, we raise her to understand, you know, like, Hey, this is, this is something that we struggled with, Yeah, but you don't have to, cause there are resources, you know? Yeah. Um, but really just overall, I would say communicate with your partner. Cause a lot of it is hard physically, <laughs> mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all of it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thanks for watching. Um, <laughs> I am so excited. We will link to some of the things we talked about here. And thank you for sharing your story. And this was very impromptu. So thanks for giving up your whole Sunday for me. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. No, we're so passionate about it. So, um, yeah, make sure you subscribe, like, follow, comment, all those annoying things that I have to ask you to do. But you won't do them unless I do. So (laughs) (laughs) and that's the end of the show. Thank you.